Welcome to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. My name is Coach JC, and I am your coach. Each week, we bring you an inspiring winning story, an empowering, motivating winning word so that you can be your best and win more in life. Thank you for joining us today, and now it's time for you to be fit for duty and fit for life. All right, what's going on, guys? This is Coach JC here with Fit First Responders and FFRonline.tv. Man, we are super grateful that you're tuning in today to the Fit for Duty and Fit for Life podcast. And I'm excited today. I have a guy on here that I cannot wait to introduce. We are going to talk about the winning mindset, and we are going to talk about the most powerful question that you can ask yourself, life's most powerful question. So I'm going to leave you in suspense right now, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. If you're a frequent listener, then you know how we kick off this podcast. We kick it off with our Fit First Responder winning confession. We believe at FFRonline.tv that just like you train your body, you can train your mind and emotions. And sometimes you got to talk yourself into believing even when you don't feel like it. Man, we thank you for being here today. And if it's your first time, bear with us. Repeat after me. All of our frequent listeners, you know what you got to do. Own it. Claim it. Say it like you mean it. Today is my day. No one will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am powerful. I am unstoppable. I am a winner. I am fearless. I choose faith. And last but not least, you are fit for duty. You are fit for life. All right. You know what time it is. It is that time for the Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. And I'm super excited. And today, before we intro our guest, I am starting something new. We've had some amazing questions coming in from uh, different listeners on, uh, on different guests that have been on. Um, different topics we have covered, and man, I've been blessed and privileged to answer many of those via email, Facebook, uh, some of you I have the, the honor to text with and call with, uh, and that's why we ask you to provide your contact information. You never know when you get a call from Coach JC, and I just love doing that, picking up the phone and, and just surprising one of our heroes out there, and I, I just want to tell you right now, before we do get into what we're going to do today, um, we are going to interview the one and only Mr. Brian Willis. And Brian Willis is the CEO, the Chief Excellence Officer of Winning Mind Training Incorporated. And I'm super stoked. Mr. Brian Willis, how are you today? Excellent, thanks. Coach, how about yourself? Man, I am living the dream, and I'm super excited to have you. But before we do dive into what we're going to talk about, and I'm going to give you a moment to introduce yourself I want to answer one question from over the past week since our last podcast, and I'm going to start doing this on each of the podcasts, Brian, because we're getting some amazing questions, and they say, well, hey, you know, I heard Brian, like they're going to do after today, uh, talk about mindset and this and that, and we're going to give you a way to contact him, but a lot of questions pour in, and, and I want to make sure that we answer those, so today our question comes from 
a 22-year veteran of actually a, a fire department, and he says this. This is from uh, Chief Kyle Zigafoos. If you're listening, my man, you are the lucky winner. <laughs> Not lucky winner, but, man, we are choosing your question today. And it says, uh, you know, I've been on a, a veteran uh, of the fire department for 22 years. I want to have that fire back like I did when I was young and ambitious out of the academy. What can I do, as you say, Coach JC, on the podcast to win? I want that zeal back, he says. So I'm going to answer this question. Maybe we'll be able to talk about this a little more with our guest today as we talk about winning and creating the winning mindset. But Kyle, if you're listening, man, I want to challenge you right now, and I want to ask you a question. And here it is. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Kyle, I want you to get up right now. And you might be listening right now. You might be a police officer, a firefighter, a medic, a national guard, one of our heroes, the finest and the bravest. And I want to challenge you right now. You might be out there saying, I'm listening. I look forward to hearing uh, your special guest, Coach JC. And man, but I'm not, I'm not really where I want to be to be fit for duty or fit for life. I can resonate with what Chief Kyle Zigafoos asked. And, and I want that zeal back, that motivation, that mojo. Man, and then I'm talking to you. And I want you to get up right now. I want you to go look in the mirror. And I want you to ask yourself that powerful question, that exact question. I'm challenging Kyle right now to ask himself. And it's why do I do what I do? So many times in life, we go through different seasons of life. And I want to challenge you right now, no matter how you feel at the moment, that you are in this season of life for a reason. Stop wondering why. Stop asking yourself the question about why. And we can play that victim so easily when we get caught in seasons of life that are not fun. You are in this season for a reason right now. And the 22 years that you've had as a career firefighter and a hero, man, it's included many different seasons. Just like the weather, my man. You know, seasons come and go. But I want you to be careful because if we're not careful, we can allow the season we're in to determine who we are and why we do what we do. And I want you to get that zeal back right now so that's not you. I want to challenge you right now. You are the thermostat. You're not the thermometer. You set the temperature in your life. You set the temperature. So why do you do what you do? The meaning of anything in life only has the meaning that you choose to give it. Every action you take originates with a thought. So right now, we need you to realign your thought life with a powerful reason, some juice, some emotions of why you do what you do. We need to raise the level of your emotional intensity. When you have no zeal, you have no fire. You have no intensity. You can't expect to. I want you to dig deep right now, Kyle, and I want you to recreate purpose in your life. Recreate your why, a new driver that you can be excited about and be intense about. And I'm not going to spend all day on this because we can, but I want to give you one simple key right now that you can do, and here's what it is. Find an area of your life right now in this season of life that you're in, that you can become better in. Maybe it's your physical body. Then create a goal, have a game plan, and go get it. You say, Coach JC, it's not my physical body. I want zeal back. I want fire back. Well, you know what? There's a crossover effect. And when you start winning in one area, you'll get that intensity back in that one area, and your rest of your life will start to follow up. You can start winning in your body, and you'll start to see your other areas line up, man. We're going to be believing for you. Man, I hope that helps you, Kyle. Don't forget, over at FFRonline.tv, we have winning confessions, over 30 motivational minutes that you can get over to right now, and you can start to speak those things that are not and build that faith back in your life and create that winning mindset that we're going to talk about with our guests today. So, Kyle Zigafoos, go in. Thank you for your service 22 years 
as one of our heroes as a firefighter. All right, guys, without further ado, I want to introduce you today to Brian Willis. Brian, once again, we thank you for being on our podcast, and we welcome you to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. Pleasure to be here, Coach. All right, Brian. Hey, here's what I like to do in the beginning. I like to give you an opportunity to connect with the listeners right now, the audience listening, saying, man, who is Brian Willis? I, I don't know this guy. I, I mean, if they're in law enforcement, chances are they know you. You're doing big things, and we're going to get into that. But we do have 46 different agencies listening in. So it's your time. Man, tell everybody who you are, man, why you do what you do, and how you arrive to where you are today. Well, thanks, Coach. I started my law enforcement career in November of 1979, so a little over 37 years ago, 37 and a half years ago, with the Calgary Police Service up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I spent 25 years at the Calgary Police and worked as a patrol officer, a tactical officer, patrol supervisor. And then the last part of my career is where I really found uh, my calling. And that was uh, I got into the training section and I started uh, getting I ended up in charge of a unit that we called the Skills and Procedures Unit. We were responsible for the officer safety training, subject control tactics training, incident command training, driver training for the police service. But what really got me interested is back in the late uh, or in the early 90s, we had a line of duty deaths. We lost officers in the line of duty on in two consecutive years. And so we put together a group of people to, to create a, an officer safety course for our officers out in the field. We were doing a pretty good job with recruits. We were dropping a ball for people that were already out in the field. And the piece that nobody else really wanted that I latched onto was the mental preparation, mental conditioning piece. And it's become for me now uh, 27, 28 year journey to uh, continue to look at that and how can we enhance the mental piece of our uh, performance and how can we address some of these issues like Kyle brought up. Uh, so what I talk about now is I share with officers a, the challenge to dare to be great. I challenge them to embrace the suck so that because a lot of us end up where Kyle was where, uh, you know what, we uh, run into the suck factor a whole bunch of times and we start to lose that passion, that drive and we forget about our why. So what I do now is I help law enforcement officers and other public safety people really embrace the suck and look for the good, uh, understand life's most powerful question, and then dare to be great. And so that's my passion. I think that public safety is truly a profession of uh, heroes, as you always talk about, uh, men and women who are heroic. Um, and I share some philosophies on heroes and share those challenges and, and just want to continue to give back to the profession. Man. Hey, we are super excited to have you on here. And I just was texting with our team over at lawofficer.com. And all I said is, man, thank you for the referral because I know you were over there. And somehow that's how you got to us here at Fit First Responders. And they just said, oh, man, you're going to love Brian. He's so big time in the law enforcement world. So, man, you know you're making an impact. And I always love to have somebody on the show that is passionate and excited to do what they do. And I'm looking at the resume on your website. I'm looking at the bio. Man, you are doing some amazing things, man. I mean, it, it, you, you don't, you, it, I, look, I feel like you don't have any time in the day. I mean, look at this. Excellence in training, performance enhancement, energy workshops, dare to be great leadership, the hero's path to excellence in law enforcement. Um, we could talk about so many of these topics all day, but let us in the life really quick of you outside of a, 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 a former, uh, you served as a full-time police officer for 25 years in, in Canada, uh, correct? Yes. So let us in the life a little, but besides all the training you're doing and all the cool things, 
Do you have a family? I mean, what do you like to do? What are you, what are you about besides, uh, obviously, your hobby and your calling that you're involved in in the safety and training world for um, law enforcement? Absolutely. I'm, I'm very blessed with a great family. I mean, I got two great parents, uh, an older brother, younger brother, and a sister. And uh, my wife, uh, Linda, and I have been married. Uh, this June, we'll be celebrating our 36th wedding anniversary. Come so uh, for, the, for the public safety people in the audience, uh, it's uh, you need to understand that Linda is my current wife and my first wife, um, because law enforcement people and public safety people are not that impressed by the fact you've been married for 36 years till they figure out it's to the same person. And then they go, holy crap. <laughs> so uh, we have two great sons. Our oldest son, Jesse, is 33. Uh, he's an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur in Calgary. Our younger son, Cody, turns 31 at the end of this month. He's also a very successful entrepreneur. Um, and so I'm very fortunate to have a great family and great relationship with uh, my parents, my siblings, my wife, and, and my kids. And so uh, it's, uh, I'm very uh, lucky in all of those areas. Come on. Well, I know the listeners that are listening right now are in for a treat, and you probably have listeners right now, Brian, and they're saying, oh, no, we are in trouble because they know that I talk about winning. They know I talk about the mental side of the game just as much as I do the physical. And at Fit for Duty, Fit for Life, we have four pillars, focus, fitness, food, and family. And, and, and the focus pillar is all about just like you train your body, you can train your mind. And this is what you've been doing now for 22 years you know, the mental conditioning, the mental preparation to increase the performance. So I am super excited to not only uh, have you as a guest, but to learn from you, to tag team this podcast and help our first responders out there win more in life. And it's kind of funny what you said jokingly, 36 years of marriage is no joke, man. That's, man, you're definitely uh, paved the way. Uh, thank you for your leadership, your consistency, your commitment. Uh, I think that's a huge testament to a lot of us out there, uh, young men and young women that need to hear that because you know as well as I know, not only in the police world, but in the uh, first responder world, divorce is at an all-time high, Brian. It's not a secret right now. It is. And it's one of the things we need to talk about is we need to, just like you share your success stories of people who have uh, gone to fit first responder and are working out and changing their bodies and changing their life, changing their attitude. We need to talk about the success stories in marriage and law enforcement and public safety. Because what we have, what we have a tendency to do is we keep telling people that divorce is part of the job and it is not. Being divorced is not part of the job. Being out of shape, being a bitter and twisted and cynical does not come with the job. And so we need to share those success stories and tell people, because if we set people up for failure, if we tell them at the start of their career, you know what, you probably go out and get yourself a practice spouse uh, so that, you know, when you get to your second or third marriage, you're in a little better condition. We're setting people up for failure and we need to set them up just like everything else in life. We need to set them up for success so that they don't just quit and walk away on their marriage first time they have difficulties or troubles. Man, that's an amazing, amazing word. And you know, I, I think it's it's kind of, and I'm going to tell you a story really quick to tie it in, you know, but I think it's an amazing word for many reasons because just like you can mentally prepare to be your best, and, and, and you're going to talk about the mental conditioning and, and life's most powerful question, and you can, just on the flip side of that, Brian, what I hear you saying, you can be conditioned and you can be told stuff over and over 
and then all of a sudden look back and say, man, I don't know how I ended up here. I don't know how I ended up out of shape. I don't know how I ended up uh, you know, eating donuts as a police officer. Well, you know what? It was joked about for so many years that you were going to get out of shape. I don't know how I ended up divorced, but it was joked about. And it was talked about in the profession. And, and Brian, me as an outsider, I was never law enforcement. I was never a firefighter. Um, I've been blessed and privileged to go through some things in life and, and overcome. And I, I, I think it's as an outsider... I kind of punch those mitts in the face every single day. And when a first responder comes to me and says, Coach, you don't understand, you know, it's just, it's part of the job. Man, I always challenge that. And, I, and sometimes it's not always comfortable, but they know it comes from love because I never want somebody to be a statistic. I am so sick and tired about hearing about broken marriages within the first responder world. I, I, I'm a softy, man. I'm just being real with you. My wife and me will watch a, a chick flick, and I'll, I'll get emotional and tear up. Man, if you're listening, yeah, that's me. I'm from Jersey. But, you know, I, I'm soft, and it breaks my heart to almost tears when I see first responder going through hell in their marriage, and they don't know how to rescue themselves. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so the key is, uh, like everything that you do with fit first responder, the key is to give people the tools to set them up for success. And here's the challenge. For a long time in public safety as a whole, uh, and it's predominantly in law enforcement, but we set people up for failure. We spent all our time in training, tell them what they could not do, tell them what would get them in trouble, say, don't do this, don't do that, this is what will get you fired. We tell people that, you know what, being bitter and twisted and cynical comes with time. It, it's part of the job. Uh, that, you know what, if you experience these things, if you're in a traumatic event, then you are going to experience these negative issues. And we need to stop doing that. We need to set people up for success. We need to give them the tools to be resilient at the start of their career and reinforce that throughout. Teach them what they can do and teach them how to be successful and share success stories right from the outset uh, so that people are on a path to success and then find ways to continue to reinforce that throughout their careers so that because there are people that have been on a job for 45 years or 50 years I've met officers and they've got amazing attitudes and they show up to work every day with a great attitude and very committed to to excellence in their day-to-day -day lives and those are the stories that we need to share and we need to set people up for success right from the start and continue to reinforce the positives. Come on, man. I love that. And if you're listening right now and you're a first responder with a success story, you feel, you feel free to email us, all right? You can email me personally, jc at fitfirstresponders.org, and we will do our best to feature your story. And, and I just want to tell real quick about the whole marriage thing. I think sometimes people need to hear, like Brian said, a success story, and I always tell people this, when you when you have a testimony in life, when you have a breakthrough and you produce a win, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, go share that, because you're not only sharing it for yourself, but there's somebody on the other side, Brian, a lot of times, that needs to hear, wait a second, Brian, 36 years of marriage, it's possible? Wait, I, his family's successful, his kids are on, man, I could do this, and all of a sudden, it gives them the fire and the zeal back, where they can believe once again and have hope back in their life because you're doing it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a quick little story, and then I'm going to hand it over to you, and we're going to talk about life's most powerful question. But really quick, and I think you're going to appreciate this too, Brian, is I'll never forget about two years ago, I've been blessed and privileged now to, you know, people joke, I've been, I've been, I've been labeled as the coach to a lot of our, our nation's finest and bravest, where I'm blessed and privileged to go in and help them win physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and be their best on and off the job. And I'll never forget a young man that was in one of our programs, Fit for Duty, Fit for Life, 
we were about like week 12 in a 25-week challenge in a city, and, and he, he comes up to me, and he, he wants to share, and he starts to share this story, and it was so powerful, and he says, you guys don't understand. Uh, 12 weeks ago, I started this program, like FFRonline.tv, and you know, I, I, I came because I wanted to maybe have some workouts and, and see, be a part of a winning community, and I didn't know what I was going to get out of it, but what you don't know is this. I started 12 weeks ago, and me and my wife were separated. We had divorce papers on the table. This young man, T.J. Harris, and he's sharing the story, a firefighter, and, and I'm sitting there. I said, wow, this is going to be powerful. And he says, man, I made some mistakes. We, we went through some things in life, and, 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 and we were just kind of, it came to a normal that, and accepted that we were going to get divorced. It was just the norm. It was accepted. You know, it's happened all around us. No big deal. Life was going to go on. He said, I started to hear the things that were being taught, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, how you could be your best and overcome fears and your past doesn't define you. And, you know, your, your identity is not just being in your job, but who are you and building a personal brand. And he says, I started to take these things and implement them in life. And I started to say, I'm going to go back and implement them with my wife at the time, but things didn't look good. And I, you'll never believe what happened. He goes, things started to just look better and feel better. And all of a sudden, it's 12 weeks now, and me and my wife were talking about, like, not getting divorced. And I share that story, Brian. It's two years later, um, now that we're on this podcast, you and me. Their marriage, T.J. Harris and his wife's marriage, is 100% reconciled and restored. They ripped the divorce papers up. They have a fine young daughter. They are going strong. And now he's sharing his story and testimony with other first responders, telling them the message that you just said, that it is possible. You, Even though you might be set up for failure, you might have been told no. Hey, you know what? I'm going to set you up for success. And you know what? I'm a walk-in testimony and story here that I did it, a marriage that was on the brink, and our marriage was restored. So how cool is that, you know? That's a great story. And there's, there's so many of those great stories out there that we're not sharing. We have a tendency to only share the negative and we talk about the bad uh, and we need to share more of the good. Well, I'm excited and I'm rushing through stories because I cannot wait to get to this. I know our listeners are ready. We tease them in the, get, in the beginning, telling them we're going to talk about life's most powerful question. So my man, Brian, what is life life's most powerful question? Well, let me give you a little bit of background. About 14 or 15 years ago, I was reading a book by Lou Holtz, famous college football coach. A lot of people believe he's most famous for his time at Notre Dame, although your previous guest, Travis Yates, would say he's most famous for his time at Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in the book, Winning Every Day, and about the same time I was reading the book, I was watching uh, some videos of Lou Holtz talking, and one of the things that jumped out at me that he talked about was a question that he sought to instill the young men that played football for him. And the question was, what's important now, represented by the acronym win and it struck me that that question it what it did is it forced me to reflect and I realized I figured out that if I had asked myself or figured this question out earlier in my life it would have helped me in all areas of my life as I mentioned I grew up in a good home but at 16 years of age I made some decisions that resulted in me being homeless living in the backseat of a 64 Plymouth for months at 18 years of age I was 60 pounds overweight I was a pack a day smoker had a grade 10 education I was working in a warehouse job that paid me $325 a month 
And I needed to make some different decisions. And I didn't realize the question at the time, but when I read that from Lou Holtz, it struck me that it would have helped me in every area of my life growing up, would have made me, helped me to be a better husband, better father, better son, better brother, uh, better police officer, better trainer. And so I started teaching uh, that question, what's important now in every presentation that I do. And what I challenge people to do is ask themselves this question 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 times every day. And it's in it's all aspects of your life. So when that alarm goes off in the morning at four or four thirty in the morning and you're looking outside and it's cold and it's ugly out and you're thinking, you know what, I, I should get up to go to FFR and work out uh, or go to the, the station and work out. Uh, but the bed is really nice and warm. And if you ask yourself what's important now, what's important now is get my butt out of bed. What's important now is get there. What's important now is to be fully in on that workout and be fully committed. What's important now when I'm looking at that crappy food choice and I'm looking at the healthy food choice, if I step back and ask myself what's important now, what's important now is make the healthy food choice. When I have to make the decision, you know what, am I going to go for beers with people after work today or am I going to go home and see my uh, spouse and my kids that I haven't seen all week because of the shifts I've been working, what's important now is to go home. And we can use it, we teach it from a tactical perspective. So it's being involved, uh, being taught in SWAT training, recruit training, tactics training, tactical combat casualty care. There are uh, athletes that are using it. There are uh, parents that are teaching it to their kids, uh, teachers that are teaching it in the classroom. Uh, I give a a wristbands, neoprene wristbands that have that win acronym on them. And I've given out about 45 of those now around North America. Uh, It's part of, it's one of the five tenets of a program called Below 100 that Travis Yates was uh, one of the real founders of that program. And it's, its mission now is to eliminate all preventable line of duty deaths and injuries in law enforcement officers in North America. And so it's a simple question. The the thing that makes it so powerful is its simplicity. It's just three words. What's important now? And you talk about win all the time. And many of your videos, you're wearing a shirt that has win on the front. And and it's when we look at that, and if Kyle goes back and asks himself, you know, what's important now, as you said, what's important now is go back to your why. What's important now is to step back, go back to your why. What's important now is to ask yourself, where can the smallest change make the biggest difference? What's important now is what can I do right now to start taking action, to start moving forward? And so when we take this simple question and start to weave it into our decision-making, then it has tremendous power. And like I said, I've had taught it to people. I've had people use it in their battle to beat cancer. I've had people use it in all different areas of their lives. And it's a simple question, but there's tremendous power. And when we ask ourselves that question, is our mind very quickly processes all the information and it helps us to make great decisions. And that's truly why I believe is life's most powerful question. It's simplicity and it's diversity in the way that it can be applied in our day-to-day lives. From a tactical standpoint, we taught at the leadership command. I know a, a sergeant with a campus police department in Pennsylvania who used it at a helicopter crash on their campus uh, to solve problems and, and clarify the highest priority issues and just deal with them in the midst of all of this chaos. I know people that are teaching it to special forces groups in the military. So it has tremendous simplicity, but tremendous power. And that's why I truly believe it's life's most powerful question. Man, I love it. That is powerful. Man, I, 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 if you're listening right now, you've got to hear the passion 
that Brian speaks with. And, and we always like to provide our first responders with tools for them to win. So I'm going to tell you right now, I've, I've read the book. It's an amazing book. If you've not read that book, get over to Amazon. Go buy that book. Get to the bookstore, Winning Every Day by Lou Holtz, one of the greatest coaches of all time. That book's amazing. I love what you did, how you took such a simple principle, the WIN acronym, what's important now, from the book, and said, hey, I'm going to incorporate this into law enforcement. There are so many first responders that need to hear that message right now. What's important now? You might be listening saying, man, I can't even. I can't, I, JC, I, I hear you, coach. I mean, I hear your special guest, Brian. This is awesome. But you have no idea what I'm going through right now. I, I can't even see what's important now because life is just a mess. Uh, I'm broken physically, man, on the job. Uh, man, I, you don't understand. I didn't get the promotion I, I thought I deserved or, or wanted. My marriage is broken. Man, listen. Uh, you're, we're, we're talking to heroes right now, Brian, but uh, you know as well as I know, they're human beings first. And being human beings, just like the pro athletes, so many times you're seen in the limelight, you're seen with a badge on, but we forget sometimes as citizens and civilians, and there are citizens and civilians that listen to this podcast, that they're human beings first. What does that mean? That they deal with all the same stuff that everybody else deals with. So, Brian, let's pause for a second, and I want you to just talk directly to the first responder that might be listening now and say, Brian, I hear what you're saying, man. I ask myself the question, what's important now? But, man, I, I can't even see past, man, the financial debt I'm in right now. And I can't even see past the pain that I'm in and the addiction I have right now to wash away the sorrows and the divorce I went through and the broken situation. Talk to that broken first responder right now that's just trying to make it through the day. What can you tell him? Well, and I think that we go back to the question is I think that and I combine it a lot of times with a, a second question. And so um, the second question is, what's the right thing to do? And so a lot of times when we get that overwhelmed, the reason why we're overwhelmed is because we're looking at all these areas of our life that we're struggling with, that we might be having problems with, where there's a whole bunch of issues. Uh, and when we step back and ask ourselves, what's important now and what's important now, the question now starts to drill down to that one thing. What's that one thing that I need to do right now? And we combine that with that question from Dr. Robert Cooper, where can the smallest change make the biggest difference? And so what's important now is I take a breath. What's important now is I do one thing to start moving forward. I'm not going to try and fix all these things uh, because that's where we get overwhelmed. The overwhelm comes from trying to fix everything in our life at the same time and trying to fix a bunch of stuff that's outside of our control and understand that there's stuff that happens in your life, your professional life, your personal life that sucks. And you need to find a way to embrace the suck. It sucks that sometimes you're at work when everybody else is at home having Christmas dinner, having Thanksgiving dinner. It sucks that mm. you're out in the cold and the wet at that fire scene or that murder scene or that fatality when everybody else is at their kid's soccer game or their kid's music recital. And it sucks when you look at your paycheck and realize that some professional athlete is is going to make more in one game than you're going to make in the next 10 years. But you need to find a way to embrace the suck. And, and a lot of it, when you would combine that, what's important now uh, with going back to our why and reason realize that, as you say, uh, that first responders are heroes. Now, hero first responders are uncomfortable most of the time with that term hero. But if we go back to the ancient Greeks, 
The ancient Greeks believed that everyone had it within them to be a hero, that they believed a hero was a protector, someone who had the ability to not only look after himself or herself, but also to look after someone else, that they have the physical abilities, the knowledge, the desire to serve, and they have the core strengths of compassion, love, and commitment to something bigger than themselves. Yeah. That a hero, hero was not necessarily the biggest and the strongest and the fastest, but the hero was the most capable. And so if we go back to our why and understand why we do what we do and understand it's important when you ask yourself what's important now, what's important now is I take this step to look after myself because the only way I can look after others is to look after myself first. And what's important now is I focus on the good, focus on the positive. We're conditioned the problem is with, especially in law enforcement, is law enforcement uh, is conditioned to go out all day long and look for people doing something wrong. Um, and that's what you do for a living as a law enforcement officer. Then we go back to work and we look for what our peers are doing wrong and we go home and we look for what our family's doing wrong and we focus on what we're doing wrong. And what we need to do is start looking for the good, the good in the people, the good in the challenge, the good in the obstacles, the good in the opportunities, the, the goodness in the ability to serve. And when we ask ourselves a lot of times that, that simple question, the reason we get overwhelmed is because we don't ask ourselves what's important now. And when we do and take that breath, we realize, well, what's important now is to start to change the way that I'm thinking. What's important now is to take this one small action. What's important now is to celebrate that small success and then take another step and celebrate that success. And we just keep asking. That's why we might need to ask ourselves this question a hundred times in a day just to keep focusing on what's important now and keep looking for the good. And when we start doing that, that's how we be, that's how we beat that overwhelm is we break it down and focus on what do I need to do right this moment to start moving forward. Come on. What a winning word, man. I love it. You are bringing it. Man, that was so needed. I can tell you right now cuz that hit on so many of the questions that we've been getting uh, through email, through Facebook, online. Um, I think that's, you simplified it. And, and, and here's what I want you to hear right now if you're listening, what Brian said. And I want to reiterate a few things. Um, do one thing right now. Do one thing right now. What's the right thing to do at the moment? It brings us back again, which I think was a perfect question that we opened with from uh, Chief Kyle uh, Zigafus, who, who said, I want the zeal back. And we talked about asking him, look in the mirror, ask yourself, what, why do I do what I do? What's my why? What's the right thing to do? And I challenge Kyle, and I want to challenge you the same because Brian said this, is you can only control what you can control. And I honestly believe sometimes we look at life and we say, oh, my gosh, Brian, Coach JC, man, it's overwhelming. I'm getting punched in the face from every direction right now. And that's why I want to challenge you. What I challenged Kyle in the beginning and Brian just challenged you to do is just go produce a win, a small, simple win in one area. I challenge Kyle, go, go, maybe just start making a transformation in your physical body, and you'll start to all of a sudden recreate faith in your life that things are possible once again. And faith, and when I say faith, I'm not talking from a l religious perspective. I'm talking about faith that, you know what, faith is a choice. Faith is believing that uh, when others might doubt, or you might even doubt. Faith is uh, focusing on what is maybe unseen in the natural at the moment, saying, oh my gosh, my situation, man, it sucks, like Brian said. How do I embrace the suck? You want me to embrace the suck? Well, I, I want you to embrace the suck, and I also want you to challenge you yourself on focusing 
on what is on scene at the moment. You might be in severe debt right now, but start to see yourself on the other side. You might, your marriage might not be where it wants to be right now, but start to see yourself on the other side. And, and, and faith is not a religious thing. It's a thing to say, hey, I'm not going to be moved by what I see at the moment or the circumstance. And don't get me wrong, faith is not doing nothing Faith is jumping all in and doing something. It's a sense of urgency to say, you know what? I'm not going to be moved at what I see at the moment. Things are going to change, but I'm also going to take crazy, ridiculous action. I'm going to ask myself that powerful question. What's the right thing to do? And life's most powerful question, what's important now? And I'm going to take action right now to do one simple thing, to go create and produce a win in one area, knowing that the law of winning says, hey, that small, simple, disciplined win that I had today, you know what? If I, if I create another one tomorrow, it's going to add up, add up, add up. But all of a sudden, I'm going to create a big victory down the road. And I want to say this really quick because I think it's important. You don't, you're not on your own. You know, I think so many times, Brian, first responders, they listen to a podcast like this, and they get motivated, and motivation's like a shower, man. It comes and goes. They're going to be motivated. You're going to be motivated when you turn this podcast off. You might go rewind it and say, man, I got to hear what Brian said again. That was powerful. But what happens when the motivation fails, Brian? What happens when Brian's not there at the moment, Coach JC's not there at the moment? That's where you've got to have people around you where iron sharpens iron that are not going to tell you. And I can tell you right now, I know Brian's one of those people that when you love somebody so much that you don't tell them always what they want to hear but what they need to hear. People around you that can pick you up at a downtime. you got to put yourself in the right environment sometimes when you don't feel like winning and you might be losing at the moment. you got to put yourself around the right people that are going to say, no, 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 you have what it takes, Coach JC. Get up one more time. Dig a little deeper. Come on to the gym with me. Man, no, no, you could fight, man. I know your wife didn't tell you what you want to hear. No, no, I know the Chiefs on your butt right now. No, 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 I know you didn't get the promotion. I know it doesn't look good, but you have what it takes. So I want to ask you a question. Who's in your corner and I want to give it back to Brian. Brian, what do you think about having, having these guys and gals, the finest and the bravest, have a support system, people they could do life with? Absolutely. And I think that part of that goes back to what's important now. What's important now is we need to change some of the culture because the culture for a long time in public safety uh, has been suck it up, soldier on. If, you, if you're having issues and if you need help, then that's a sign of weakness. And if you're weak, then get out. And what we need to understand is that uh, if having problems, being bothered by something that I encounter on the job is natural. That's part of being human. That's part of being a, a hero. And what's important now is that we need to change the conversation. So what's important now is that we talk about the fact that if you need help, ask for the help you need and asking for help is a sign of strength and courage and ask for the help you need and get the help you need before it becomes a problem, before it destroys your relationship, your job, your life. What's important now is that we in public safety care so deeply about each other that we will put our lives at risk. Firefighters will put their lives at risk to go into a burning, collapsing building to pull out another firefighter. Medics will put their lives at risk to go in and, and help get a downed officer or a downed firefighter out. Law enforcement people will put their lives at risk to go and save another officer. And what we need to do now is, is take that love that we have for each other that we manifest in those physical acts of bravery and have the courage 
courage to have courageous conversations with our peers, to sit down with our brothers, sisters, and say, look, I care too much about you not to say anything. I care too much about you to allow you to continue down this path. And what's important now is I need to reach out to you. And what's important now is I need to ask you, what can I do to help you? And what's important now for me when I'm struggling is that I go to one of my brothers, sisters, and say, you know what? Uh, I'm having difficulties. That last call, man, is really bothering me. Um, it doesn't seem to be bothering anybody else, but it's bothering me. And then my brother or sister is going to say, that's all right, man. Whatever you're feeling is completely natural for you. Let's talk about it. And we have that courage to reach out to each other, that I have the courage to go to my brother or sisters and say, I need help. I'm struggling with this. And that we also have the courage to have those courageous conversations uh, because it takes courage to sit down with one of our brother or sisters and say, you know what? I care too much about you uh, to allow you to continue down this path because we're not used to using that language. And we need to change that. We need to reframe. People need to stop watching the news because the news is full of crap and people start to believe they lose faith. You talked about faith, but they lose faith in humanity because yeah. they see the worst all the time. Yeah. And what we need to understand is that the majority of people in our communities appreciate public safety. They love public safety. They're grateful for public safety, but they're the silent majority. And when you get one letter that comes to your fire hall or your police station uh, and that says thank you to Officer Smith or Firefighter Jones, what we need to understand is every letter represents a thousand people that never wrote the letter. Because mm. if you you take a room full of public safety people and you ask them these questions, how many of you have ever thought about, uh, had the thought, hey, I should write a letter to this person's boss to thank him for this great service I got or thank him for what they did for me here? Every hand on the room goes, up. And then you say, how many of you actually wrote the letter? And almost every hand in the room will go down because we all have those thoughts. So every letter that comes in, we have a tendency to write it off, say, well, a big deal. It's one person. But every letter, every thank you, every Facebook post from a citizen represents the thousand people who thought it and never did it. And so we need to reframe the way that we think and reframe what, what courage is. And we need to have those courageous conversations and care enough about each other to have those conversations and not just the physical acts of bravery to help each other out. Man, that is amazing. That's Brian Willis, my, uh, winningmindtraining.com. You are bringing it, my man. I appreciate your passion, your enthusiasm, and I appreciate what you just said about having courage um, you know, to rise up and, and know that as a first responder, man, I might be tagged as the baddest and the bravest, but it's okay to admit when you have something going on in life. And Brian, it's crazy because every single day, a day never passes. I can honestly say that, uh, maybe one day a week passes where I don't get some kind of form of hate mail where people are like, Oh, you're soft. Why do you talk about, you know, who cares what their emotions are? Or, or we're not supposed to, we're supposed to be tough. You're talking about suicide. And, and I'm talking about the real life situations when I go into police departments or, or, or fire departments, any agencies, and I see it when I walk in there. God, uh, God's really put on my heart as my calling in life. I feel like I, I've got intuition and, and discernment and people uh, attract to me that, uh, that might be going through stuff in life. And maybe it's because I went through stuff in life and had a fight to get through it. But I'm always attracted to the people. It never, it never fails. We could be in Walmart. We could be at a gas station. We could be at a gym. We could be at a police station. And I always 
somehow interact with the person. I could see it all over them where they just have a weight that's weighing them down emotionally, uh, mentally, and something's going on heavy in life. And, and I'm the guy that's there to say, you know, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to help you fight. I'm going to link arms with you. And I think so many times as first responders, they need to hear what you just said. As a leader, I respect you for standing up and saying, man, listen, I was in the industry. I'm still in the industry, and now I'm training everybody in the industry. I, I, I'm giving back. This is my calling, and I'm telling you guys, it's okay to admit when you have a problem and not try to do it on your own. That's a big, powerful statement you made to raise the standard, man, and I honor you for saying that, Brian. That's big time, man. Well, thank you, and you know what we need to talk about, uh, Coach, and, and it's, it's what FFR is about, is that wellness is an officer safety issue. So we tend in law enforcement to talk about officer safety, about how we respond to an active killer. Somebody goes into a church or a mall or a school and start killing people. How are we going to respond to that? Or how are we going to arrest these uh, suspects for this homicide? Or how are we going to deal with this violent issue? But when we look at what has taken our lives, the single biggest killer of law enforcement people in North America is suicide. And in Canada, and it's probably the same in the United States, there are more medics that take their own life than there are police officers. And when you look at the links, if you talk to cardiox, cardiologists like Dr. Jonathan Scheinberg, who's a cardiologist in Cedar Park, Texas, and also a reserve police officer, he'll tell you that if we collected line of duty death data over a 24-hour period, that heart attacks would probably be the single leading killer of law enforcement people. And in 19 and 2015, there was 132 line of duty deaths in North America in law enforcement, and 17 of those 132 were heart attacks. And when you talk to the sleep specialists, the sleep specialists will tell you that public safety people live in a state of constant sleep debt, sleep deprivation, and that that sleep debt and that sleep deprivation is directly linked to our cardiac issues, our mental health issues, our obesity issues, our type 2 diabetes issues, and linked to bad decisions that we make. And when you look at the reality of the lack of sleep, if you've been up for 17 to 19 hours straight, your cognitive abilities are the equivalent of somebody who has a blood alcohol level of 0.08. If you've been up for 24 hours straight, your cognitive abilities are the equivalent of somebody who has a blood alcohol level of 0.1. And every single first responder who's listening to this has been at work where they've been up for at least 24 hours straight. And if they showed up with a blood alcohol level of 0.1, we'd send their drunken ass home. But we have people function in this constant state of sleep debt and sleep deprivation. Mm. And yet we tend to put the wellness stuff, the pieces that you're talking about, uh, we put them off to the side and, and refer to it as fluff stuff. And it's not fluff stuff. It's killing us. And if we don't address it and we don't take what you do uh, and what you're trying to accomplish seriously, it's going to continue to kill us. And we cannot continue to turn a blind eye to that. What's important now is we address wellness all pieces of wellness as an officer safety issue and a safety issue for all public safety personnel because it's destroying us and it's killing us and we need to change that way of thinking. Man, thank you for saying that. It's funny because, you know, we could talk all day about, you know, everything you're doing and, and mindset and peak performance and wellness. And I just wrote an article for a, a publication that deals with that, and and, and you know I'm I'm a very I'm a very blunt guy, but I like to say what I say in a very loving manner. I'm not ever trying to hurt people. I'm always saying coming from an angle where I want you to know, man. I, everybody has personal conviction, but I, I, again, I, I care too much. It comes from crazy compassion to make sure that another first responder doesn't take their life. I mean, that breaks my heart. And I just wrote an article about it's your duty. 
and talking about that, about, you know, how, how many agencies are giving away incentives and, you know, you take a PAT test and, you know, you get a day off work and all that. I said, who cares? Why do you need an annual test to take care of your body? You use your body for a living. You have a job to do. You being fit should be a year-round commitment. When I say fit, I'm not just saying physically. I'm saying mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, like a pro athlete. You know, so I just wrote an article on that talking about that, and I think it's going to be a big hit because I think a lot of first responders, and I believe the culture is changing. I'm starting to see a change, and I'm blessed that FFR is playing a part in that. And, you know, we go in, and sometimes we'll give the kickstart to an agency or department to get them on the right track, and that's all they need, and it's great. But you know what? As long as statistics are showing that suicide amongst first responders at an all-time high you know, that, that statistics are showing that the average first responder will probably be dead, you know, by between 62 and 64 years old. That cancer and heart attacks are at an all-time high. That over 50% of firefighters' marriages and, and police marriages and are going to end in divorce. You know what? I'm not done, and I know you're not done. You know, you could be the finest and the bravest out there. You know what? And our desire at FFRonline.tv is not just for you to show up the job and be a great police officer. Man, we honor the job you do. We want you to be equipped and prepared. But what good is that if you're not winning in life? What good is that if you're not fit for life? If the other areas of your life are suffering, then, man, it really, that's, that's not our heart and our desire for you as a hero. And I know uh, that's also coming from you. I can just hear it in your heart, Brian, that you feel the same. Absolutely. And I mean, you talked about pro athletes. First responders are the ultimate pro athletes. They don't get paid like pro athletes, but they're the ultimate pro athletes. And there's no uh, professional sports team coach that would take on the challenge that you've taken on. If you went to uh, a, any Olympic or, or professional sports team coach and said, look, I'm going to give you an athlete that's never participated in your sport. I'm going to give them to you for six months. Um, and at the end of six months, you need to have them up to the level where they can play play uh in the super bowl they can they can play in the gold medal match um and, and then after that i'm going to give them to you a couple times a year but that's all and they need to constantly be ready to participate at that level and perform at that level and you know what i'm going to give you five seconds notice that they're going to be playing uh in the super bowl or five seconds notice that they're going to be participating in the gold medal match of the olympics and if they don't win then they might die. Yeah. There's no there's no coach in the world that's going to take that on. They're going to say you're crazy. Like I need to work with this athlete every day and we need to watch film and we need to do this and look at scouting reports on our opponent and we need to periodize our training and first responders don't have that ability. Yeah. They don't get they don't get a week's notice that they're going to respond to this massive structure fire or respond to this active killer or be involved in a violent confrontation. They're going to get 30 seconds notice and they're going to have to perform at that highest levels. And that's why we need to look after ourselves is because uh, there's too much, too many demands on us and there's too many people rely on us. Our peers are relying on us. Our brothers and sisters are relying on us to do our job and the public's relying on us to do our job and to be the most capable and to be able to perform form at the highest level on the shortest notice and uh there's a there's a saying from sugar free uh that now i don't listen to sugar free but i love this saying because he says if you stay ready you ain't got to get ready and that's <laughs> 
Come on, baby. The, is that a rapper? Eps, it's a rapper. I heard a professional athlete say, you know what? I believe in what Sugar Free has to say that if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I did. I Googled Sugar Free, uh, found a music video, watched about 30 <laughs> seconds, not enough of that crap. But I love this. I love the saying because he's absolutely right. So uh, that's what this is all about. And that's really what you and, and first fit first responders are all about is fit for duty, fit for life. Uh, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Come and that's on. critical. <laughs> I love it. Hey, so again, we could talk all day. And if you're listening right now, I want you to hear from my heart and Brian's heart. Man, we're talking you out of love. We want the best for you. We love you guys. You're a hero and you deserve to be your best. When I say it's your duty, it's your duty to be fit for duty, but also fit for life. You're the finest. You're the bravest. Man, many first responders out there, it's not a secret, are out of shape, poorly conditioned, and on their way to being injured. And some some that's injured for days, weeks, or others, even a career-ending injury. Or like Brian mentioned, it could be just an instance, a life-ending injury. It's your duty. You shouldn't need any incentives. You have a job to do. We love you. You being fit needs to be a year-round commitment. That's why FFR was created. You are supposed to be the best in the world. And you are the best athletes in the world. You are one of only a few that get to do this job. You get to do this job to be one of the finest and the bravest. Man, I, I, I had dreams growing up to be a pro athlete or, or a first responder. Uh, you're getting paid to do it. Uh, and Brian said something crazy that makes I, I'm confused over. He's, he's quoting rappers, and now he's telling me that a first responder doesn't get pay, as paid as much as a pro athlete. I'm confused now. Let's move on. But, any, but anyway... Hey, Brian Willis, we could spend all day together. Uh, I'm honored to have you on the podcast. Here's how I want to close out today. Man, I want to put you in the hot seat. You've probably heard this before on our podcast, but I want to just real quick give you an opportunity to share uh, what do you do to be fit for duty and fit for life in four different areas. First of all, what does Brian Willis from Winning Mind Training do to be physically uh, fit for duty and fit for life? Uh, I work out uh, every day, so I get up uh, between usually 3.30 and 4.30 in the morning, depending whether I'm at home or I'm on the road. I'm on the road an awful lot, uh, and I work out uh, every morning, uh, so I tend to do my resistance training. I've got a, a den in our condo at home. i got a spinner exercise bike. I've got a couple of kettlebells. I've got a bunch of resistance bands, and then usually in the afternoons, I'll if I'm home, I'll ride the exercise bike and listen to podcasts and, and take in some of that educational stuff, but um, I <clears throat> work out every day and, and focus on uh, eating healthy, eating clean. Uh, again, I allow myself to be human because uh, sometimes we're, we don't always do what we should do. Come on. I love it. Brian Willis, winningmindtraining.com. You're in a hot seat, my man. What does Brian Willis do to be mentally and emotionally ready to win in life, to be fit for duty and fit for life? What does Brian Willis do mentally and emotionally? Uh, I read a lot. I study a lot. I mean, learning is a big part for me. So last year I read 65 books. I gave up TV. We got rid of our TV in our house. And so we don't watch any TV in our house. I don't read the newspaper. Um, so I try to study and learn and, and focus and use imagery and use some of the tools and keep going back uh, to to the tools that I teach uh, to remind myself that, you know what, it's not just about preaching this. It's about doing this. And so I keep focused on that and keep challenging myself to learn and, and learn more and get better at what I do. I love it, my man. Brian Willis, winningmindtraining.com. You're in the hot seat. We talked about physical. We talked about mental and emotional. What about spiritually? What do you do to be equipped and ready spiritually to serve? 
Well, and to me, the part of the spirit is the the warrior spirit. And the term warrior has got a bad rap, especially in law enforcement, public safety recently, which I find is is interesting that it's acceptable everybody everywhere else except from public safety perspective. But what I focus on is that warrior spirit and the, the traits of integrity and honor and selflessness and courage and humility and the, the power of unconditional respect, embracing the power of unconditional respect and seeing others as uh, people in, in embracing that philosophy. And so when I think of the spirit, for me, what it really means is that warrior spirit, uh, that heart of service and embracing those elements. I love it. Last but not least, in your relationships, man, what do you do to build relationships, to flourish those relationships? Um, you know as well as I know you only go as far as the people that you hang around. You know, accountability in life is important. So what does Brian Willis from Winning Mind Training do when it comes to him winning in relationships of life? Well, I think for me the key is is to uh, to nurture those those special relationships. Uh, it's not about you know how many friends do you have on Facebook and how many uh, you know people trying to create these massive networks. It's about those connections and those people in your life that uh, you know that at any given time when you're having difficulties or having problems, you can reach out to those people and say, "Hey, I'm struggling. What can you do to help me?" But the the key is you have to, as you say, to nurture those. Come from a heart of service and always come from a place of what can I do to be of service to you uh, and then they will reciprocate that and make time for the the people that are important to you in your life so it's easy to to allow life to get in the way but you need to make that time whether it's make that time to get together with your kids and rather than complain about your adult kids that hey they never call call them and take the initiative to get together with them for coffee or breakfast or lunch but maintain those those connections those relationships and come from a heart of service I love it. Brian Willis, you're out of the hot seat, my man. That's Brian Willis, winningmindtraining.com. All right, and that closes today's podcast, Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. So before we do get out of here, Brian, what's some closing thoughts, if any? You said some amazing things throughout this podcast. Is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with today as we close? I would just encourage people to continue to ask yourself those two questions. What's important now? What's the right thing to do? And I would encourage you to step up and be willing to dare to be great. You dreamed about being great when you got into this profession. And sometimes life beats you up and beats you down and you run into the suck factor a whole bunch of times. Go back to the dream. Go back to the greatness. And as Coach said right at the start, go back to your why. But keep asking yourself, what's important now? What's the right thing to do? And that will help you to make great decisions every day. I love it. Once again, Brian Willis, we thank you. We honor you for taking the time to impart and lead, motivate, inspire, encourage, and teach our nation's finest and bravest all the way from Canada. I love it. www.winningmindtraining.com. Brian Willis, get over there. Check out his blog. I'm going to get over there and start learning from him a little more. Get over there. Share the blog post that he's putting out. A brilliant man here giving back to the agencies. Also, excellenceintrainingacademy.com, uh, lifesmostpowerfulquestion.com, and experiencewinx.com. Brian Willis, we thank you once again for being on Fit for Duty and Fit for Life. All of our listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Um, I do want to remind you that you are fit for duty 
and you are fit for life. Email your questions to Coach JC or JC at fitfirstresponders.org, and we'll do our best to respond to each and every question. Yours may even be featured on our next podcast. If you have not already, get over to ffronline.tv. Get over there. 20 days absolutely free. Don't forget, it is a nonprofit. Um, all donations go to serving our nation's finest and bravest. You can also connect with us, contact us uh, over at social media, Fit First Responders over at social media. All right, team, you know what time it is. It is time to close this podcast with a time to honor those that deserve to be honored and recognize those that deserve to be recognized. So all of our law enforcement in our nation, all of our police, our fire, our medics, our National Guard, we take this time right now from the bottom of our hearts to thank you for what you do. Thank you for being the bravest, putting your life on the line every single day so that we can do what we do. Thank you for being a hero. This is Coach JC. Once again, you are fit for duty. You are fit for life. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life.